Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today is another special edition um, sponsored by Sainsbury's, which we're really delighted about. And today we have um, Millie Gooch with us, aka Sober Girls Society. And um, we're delighted because she's a good friend of ours and she's doing amazing work, um, not only sort of reframing, socialising, but also for young girls. And as both Kate and I have daughters um you know it's been a really wonderful sort of journey to see her and and the work that she's doing so um yeah so how is everybody normally start by checking in how are you uh Millie how are you doing I'm really good thank you thank you so much for having me this is really exciting we've been talking about doing this for ages haven't we We long overdue yeah and you Kate yeah I'm um well manned (laughs) (laughs) we just filed the copy for our book so um yeah um just can't even begin to just kind of talk about how i kind of weird you know like when you're you're at uni and you've got you know your dissertation or your essay done it's like that's the power of a hundred just feel Mm. like wow what am i what am i gonna do now what am i gonna do with my time i'm gonna do with myself like clean or something yeah Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm good. I am relieved, excited at the next stage, and um, yeah, getting into the Christmas spirit. You know, it's not it's coming quickly now, so I'm starting to get some decorations out and put my Christmas jumper on. You know, you've worn me down to <laughs> invest. I keep going into shops, and being like, oh, maybe I need like a Christmas onesie, and I'm like, oh, that's Kate on my shoulders telling me. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a Christmas onesie in my life. Oh, you, you need never one. Know. You need one. <laughs> Do you know, I like my Christmas onesie so much. I went camping, not last, uh, the end of August last year. And it was a bit chilly and we were all sitting around the fire and I had my all my Christmas onesie then. <laughs> it's just, it's got to be done. I remember a long time ago, Must was it your thousand days that you did a picture in the snow wearing your... Well, yeah, was it, I don't yeah, know. Thousand days or five hundred days yeah. or something. Yeah, no, I always remember that picture. It was so brilliant. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk to Millie a little bit about her story, um, the decision to go alcohol free, and then talk a little bit about this holiday season and and socialising. So, um, yeah. So Millie, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the decision of what brought you to go alcohol free? Please. Of course. Um, so I decided that I was going to give up alcohol in Feb 2018. Um, and this was kind of after uh, I kind of worked out that alcohol was having a really detrimental effect on my mental health. So I kind of started drinking when I went to university and I was a very big binge drinker and I'd only kind of just turned 18 a couple of weeks before I went to uni. So in theory, I'd never kind of the only drinking I'd ever learned to do was binge drinking. So I went from absolute nothing to sort of drinking three, four days a week. I was working in bars um, and I was just sort of having really bad hangovers. And that kind of continued and continued. And I got myself in some sort of sticky situations. But 
it was only when I kind of left uni and I took that sort of same behavior into sort of my working life that I started to notice it was having a toll on my mental health. So I would get that crippling beer fear or anxiety or the fear or I mean there's so many terms for it now Sunday scaries is one I particularly like (laughs) (laughs) and kind of spend the whole day in bed anxious and and inexplicably anxious and then I noticed it was kind of creeping into my everyday life so Monday I'd wake up and I still wouldn't feel great Tuesday was the same Wednesday just about to start feel better again and then kind of Thursday Friday I would like a goldfish and I just decided to repeat the behavior and I just kind of kept doing this over and over again until I got to a point where I was like I can't keep doing this anymore and I'd just broken up um, with my ex-boyfriend and we were together for six years so it was a really big change for me and I kind of started that breakup with very self-destructive behavior I was going out getting really really drunk And then I kind of just woke up one morning and was like, I can't keep doing this. Um, Otherwise, it's going to make me so sad. And I I just need to actually learn to like rebuild myself. And rather than just drinking my sort of sorrows away, I needed to actually find a better way of of kind of dealing with it. And so I downloaded the unexpected joy of being sober on Audible because I couldn't read because I was so hungover, I couldn't see straight. Uh, and then it yeah it's just gone from there really it was it's been the absolute best decision that I've ever made wow yeah and so how old were you when you quit so I was 26 um when I quit 28 now and I'll be two years sober in Feb amazing congratulations thank you yeah it's so interesting that that connection with university because I think that's what they see a lot in the the US you know because it's slightly different culture but that that real kind of binge drinking in university and um and actually working in France in because I was a university professor for a long time they talked a lot about how those models of kind of American and British kind of you know freshers week and all the initiations into kind of um societies and fraternities and stuff were coming over kind of to France and they were really really worried about that and actually a couple of students when I was working at my university died you know in kind of freshest weeks yeah sort of falling out of a window or you know playing a silly game that went too far so it's it's definitely something that has come over to France that they're very worried about and I think it's something that we've that people don't talk about enough for girls is kind of uh, blackouts. Mm. You, you know, I know we've talked about that before. We know we kind of accept that we have blackouts and yeah. that's part of like excessive drinking and it's, you know, really dangerous and, and a real key kind of indicator that your drinking is problematic. So... Mm. yeah it's it's just so ingrained in us when we go to university and like the drink steals I know there's been sort of more rules now about drink steals and things like that but it was like triple vodka red bulls for like a pound when I was at uni it was just crazy Mm. and like I remember like every freshers week activity revolved around drinking when it was like a bar crawl or like you know come down to this place and you get free shots like it was just so ingrained that I never thought that I had any other choice really it was kind of like yeah this is it and if you weren't a drinker you were kind of shunned from university (laughs) like people would think you were weird that that was just it I remember I spoke to one of my friends who's sober now and she was saying she always feels awful because they had a girl in their halls who didn't drink and they completely ostracized her because they couldn't understand why she wouldn't drink and she's like I feel so awful now that that Mm. happened 
Yeah. And what a big turnaround now, though, you know, because you're, you know, Sober Girl Society and you do such a lot of work with socialising and reclaiming that, you know. So that's just, it's great that that will be, you know, influencing those coming next, you know, going to university. Hopefully that, that will be a, you know, different landscape. So. So I do, yeah. yeah. It's things that I want to do is a lot more work around sort of universities because I do think that that was sort of the catalyst for my sort of drinking problems. Yeah, and it's such a key time. It's a big transition time for for people leaving home as well, which is another yeah. time when people's mental health and uh, you know can be a little yeah. bit rocky. Even though it's a fun time, it can be yeah uh, stressful. Yeah. So what I mean, you you mentioned that you just you needed to get some different tools and strategies on board for for coping with your emotions you know after breakups it's something we can all relate to that kind of drowning our sorrows and especially you know in our younger years I think when you know you're kissing a few frogs and stuff do you know what I mean I think this whole relationship the the rocky landscape of relationships can be tricky for us as as young women and young men so what what would you say then, you know, if we, we look at the area of personal growth, which which that is, if you're getting emotional toolkits together, what would you be say your biggest area of personal growth has been that you've noticed since going sober? I, I just think I'm kinder and more tolerant as a person. Like, I always say that I think when you're happy with yourself as a person, you will never project sort of negativity onto other people. Whereas it wasn't, I was ever like a horror, I wasn't a horrible, nasty person, but I was quite selfish. I didn't really like myself. So I wasn't very nice about other people. I was always really jealous. I, you know, I would sort of gossip and things like that. And the biggest area for me has just been like kindness. I'm so happy with my life and myself. And now I just want to sort of like radiate that onto other people. And I, I feel like it's a complete turnaround of like some of the, the behaviors that I used to have. And just not being a very like good friend and things like that. Like, I remember turning up to my friend's Easter party and she cooked this like, amazing roast and I spent the whole time lying on the sofa having to go to the toilet every few minutes to be sick and like things like that. I'm like a better friend. Like I invest more time. Like I know if my friend's got like a doctor's appointment, I'll text them before and just, yeah, I just think being like a better human generally has been like one of the biggest areas of growth for me. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And I was thinking about the other day, you know, like the evenings where I just used to watch just the utter rubbish on TV and gossip programs and read gossip magazines and that whole kind of like, yeah, trying to find fault in people. And now I look for the good in people, you know, and I'm always trying to reflect and go, right, okay, like, what must their day have been like? And what forgiveness can I see? And, you know, and, and, so that's a huge, huge area of personal yeah. growth. I do that. So on, tell us. Oh, go, go. I was going to say, I do that on the tube a lot. If someone's <clears> being really horrible on the tube, I'm like, it's okay. They've probably had a really stressful day. It's not to do with <laughs> you. Like, really, like, work it out. You're a better that human a, being than I am, then. <laughs> I was going to say, place of like a testing place. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody special. does because you're more level. And like you say, you're not kind of beating yourself up, are you? And, yeah. and feeling grim or recovering all the time from hangovers and low yeah. mood. So maybe there's that bit of space in ourselves to <laughs> be a little bit generous towards yeah. our fellow humans. Yeah. 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 I mean, speaking of the tube, I've, I've, that, that thing of kind of having respect for others is like, you know, sometimes when I get on, 
with my kids like we've been to the theater or we you know we've gone out or whatever and it's like half nine ten and the state of people on the tube and it's like that's this is actually a public place like that's really sort of disrespectful my kids are sort of sat there with people completely wasted you know talking to them falling all over the place uh, but at the same time I know I to- I mean I've thrown up on the tube like I've you know done you know I mean yeah been in right states falling asleep and all that stuff so yeah it's a real eye-opener of your kind of um public behavior really and that respect for others yeah. sure singing really loudly you know all that sort of stuff but you've got a I mean you know I'm going to do a seamless link to Sober Girl Society because obviously the tide is turning because we have fantastic ambassadors for sobriety um like you Millian so can you tell us a bit about the idea for Sober Girl Society yeah so um when I was kind of looking on Instagram um about kind of who was talking about sobriety were there any young people talking about it and I found some like amazing communities amazing podcasts I found you guys which was like incredible um and for everything I found like I related to on like some level but not like entirely so with you guys I loved everything you talked about but then say you would talk about parenting things and for me as not a parent I couldn't identify with that and I thought wouldn't it be great if there something that I could like fully identify with you know like being a young like millennial working in London still wanted to hit the dance floor still wanted to like stay out till 2 3 a.m and and I couldn't find it so I thought why don't I create it myself so it kind of started really as just me doing like funny quotes I I literally did not put my face on it until it got to 10,000 followers and then I was like okay people are gonna be like who is actually behind this account um and then I remember so um Kate from the Sober Millennials she actually messaged me and said oh I wondered if you wanted to be on a panel for the Mindful Drinking Festival I'm putting together a young and sober panel and it'd be great to meet you and so I went and did this panel and I was like this is amazing and this is what I want to do I want to talk to people about my journey and I want to connect people and and kind of from that moment I decided that this was my calling in life if you (laughs) were Uh, and yeah, us too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and it, it's just going from there, really. I started doing these sort of threads of getting people together in their local areas. And um, a girl called Lucy actually messaged me and said, "Oh, I've seen loads of people are from London. Would you mind if I organised a brunch?" And I kind of said, "No, that that sounds great, but like, just let me know the date because I want to come." So the first Sober Girl Society event, I actually didn't even organise myself. She organised it, and then we were kind of talking, and we were like, "This is amazing," and I cried on the day because everyone was so lovely and just sharing their stories and and it was just so nice to meet like 20 other girls who were exactly like me from like where they'd come from and their stories and we were like we could do this and it would be amazing so it's just kind of rolled from there so like events are one of the main things that we're like concentrating on at the moment like getting people together and because I just think it's such an important part of your journey and I never really realized how important having other people to talk to about sobriety would be because my friends are really understanding when I kind of gave up and my family were really supportive and I was very lucky but a not everyone else is as lucky as me and and people do need that connection straight away but b I just I didn't think I needed sober friends but the the more I've gained the more I'm like oh my god how did I ever survive without them Um, and I just 
people to have the same really that that's all I want is for people to have someone who can keep them accountable someone who can give them a pep talk when they're not feeling great and and just people having people like around you that remind you why you do it constantly strengthens my sobriety journey Mm. and I love the fact that it it sort of reminds me you know the sober girl society and I love your badge that's like a school (laughs) prefer badge I just adore it and it's sort of come full circle because it reminds me of what you said about uni and it almost being like the opposite of the kind of the sort of stereotype of sororities of like bitchy girls kind of against each other and actually it's about us girls championing each other which yeah. is that really about us women then championing in each in in each other so yeah it's just a lovely sort of core message for girls as well that yeah. actually you know we can be nice like you say we can be good to each other we don't have to be threatened and um sort of jealous or competitive i guess we can be open and kind and support each other and have a great time as girls together and i think that's an amazing message 100%. oh thank you I'm such a girl's girl I'm like no sorry no boys allowed <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we, we aren't are we Mandy <laughs> not at all, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no um our poor husband yeah, not not poor husband <laughs> um but what I I mean because we've talked about this privately quite a lot and I think people don't realize that when you put yourself out there and have quite a like big following you know you do get quite a bit of um sort of negative comments and you've had quite a lot of sort of um people messaging you not being very nice and then this whole kind of um talking about it being like trendy and is that a bad thing and you know and so um yeah I just wanted you to sort of say because I because what you have to say about it is 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 really right I think you know yeah Um, so what do you say to people when they kind of criticize I suppose I think uh, so I'm really careful and I think there's a very big um sort of difference between like a trend and a fad you know like a fad is like fidget spinners or, or a certain style of jeans and then a trend for me is more of like an absolute movement so like veganism I, to me it doesn't matter if you've just gone vegan because you think it's trendy because every vegan I think it saves like 88 animal lives a year so a trend that can help someone I think is amazing and I, I do, I'm very careful not to trivialise sobriety, but at the same time, I think it is quite essential to glamorise it because I think we can give kids all the information in the world, we can lecture them, we can tell them all the stats and the facts about alcohol, but ultimately, young kids do what they think is cool and what's trendy and what people are talking about. I read a thing actually this week that apparently um, Stormzy told people to register to vote and like hundreds and thousands Amazing. of people yes. all of a sudden mm. registered to vote. So if it's the same kind of thing, if you make it look cool you make it look accessible you don't make it look too scary or too daunting then I think if that can get someone to never start drinking in the first place like if you've got like an 11 year old or a 12 year old and and they think oh actually it's really cool to not drink I'm never going to drink in the first place well then that kind of completely solves that issue because Mm -hmm. then they never start so for me it is really hard but I think by being too careful about offending people we're not actually going to help the the young people who could potentially never start drinking in the first place and and because I do target myself at, at that sort of like millennial demographic that's 
that's the sort of the image that I have in my head is that I do think it's important to make it look fun and make it not look scary and make it look like a really positive lifestyle choice. And I just think ultimately, like if that stops people drinking, then then that's the goal. So mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And to say that it works, I mean, I posted about this, but um, I was out with my daughter and she stole my uh, Sober Girl Society badge because she she likes it because she thinks yeah. it's cool, you know. Oh. And so mm. she's she is that she's eleven and 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 I think there's that difference of when you're you're talking about intervention into someone's mm. problematic drinking, or if you're talking about you know changing the dialogue to to give kids a choice which we essentially never had. Like, I didn't know anyone that didn't drink. There was no, there was never, ever any kind of question in my head of like, shall I start drinking or shan't I? It was just like, I'm going to drink alcohol because that's what everyone does. So, yeah, I think it's wicked and, you know, well done. Thank you. Yeah, well done. (laughs) Um, So what about, um, you know, we, we are talking about the holiday season. And we want to know your tips um, for how to boss the silly season sober when you're out and about, you know, in office parties, uh, you know, on the town and stuff. How do you have a good time? Oh, I think if if in particular you're going to like an office party, if you can have any kind of input on what you're doing or where you're going, I think that's always really important because a lot of office parties are kind of just, you know, you go to a bar and you drink. So if you can have any kind of input in that, I think like suggest alternative activities because I think if you have something like bowling or just even something that isn't just based around drinking, it just it gives you something else to focus on. And more often than not, you'll notice that people aren't just like going to the bar, getting drinks and coming back. They're actually talking and and the the focus isn't on the drinking. So yeah, if you can have an input in that, I think that's a a good one. Um, I always like to drive to places if I'm going out, especially like around Christmas, um, because it just kind of gives me that feeling that I know if I get to a point where I want to leave, I can just leave. And especially, you know, around Christmas time when it's it's winter, it's cold, you don't want to be like waiting outside, like trying to get an Uber or especially now in London. Um, But if you can drive, then you can just kind of leave when you want to. And there's no like pressure to stay. And that that's kind of a separate point as well is, is like leave when you know that the party for you is over don't try and stay or like nothing good ever happens past like 1 p.m. when everyone's just repeating the same stories and more often than not they won't even notice that you've gone so if you feel like that's it yeah I've had a really good time like but now is the time to leave then then just do it and I do you know what one I would say is uh, one of the biggest things that people ask me about is sober dancing because so many people are so worried about getting on dance or sober and I always say just like have a few lessons or just dance in your bedroom in your mirror like just get used to dancing and there's so many like classes you can take even like Zumba or things where you can have like basic rhythm I think it just gives you so much more confidence on the dance floor um and yeah I would say find a good alcohol free alternative that you like because there's nothing worse than getting somewhere and just thinking oh I'm gonna have to drink orange juice all all night so Mm -hmm. find like 
a non-alcoholic spirit or a beer or something that you like and if the bar doesn't stock it then ask if you can bring it that that's always a good one and if you if it's an office party like in the office just bring it that's that's always my one yeah I mean we're obviously like we're these uh we're talking about what Sainsbury's has got to offer so I know you sort of work with Sainsbury's over the summer with the clean big and you know a little bit about their products so can you tell us kind of well a what was the tell us about the clean Vic and then tell us a little bit about your favorites that you can get the clean Vic was probably like the best three days of my life this year (laughs) it was just like the nicest atmosphere and so essentially they opened the sort of first UK no and low alcohol free pub um and it it had so many options so they completely gutted the original pub and just restocked it with everything alcohol free um and just to be able to like go into a bar and be able to order anything is just like the best feeling in the world like I was talking to uh, Scott about it who came and, and we were sort of saying like it's actually really like emotional because we were like to be able to do this and to feel normal and to have the the like choice that that people have when they normally go into a pub is is amazing um so yeah we did um there was cocktail masterclasses hosted um by matt who is the landlord um and i was this kind of i want to say glamorous assistant but i don't know (laughs) how glamorous it was because it's the middle of summer and i was sweating um but yeah (laughs) We made loads of good, uh, like, non-alcoholic drinks, and then we kind of had some conversations around sobriety and not drinking and, you know, the, uh, it, it as a trend. Um, so, yeah, it, it was great. It was it was so fun. And so what were the what were the drinks on offer? What were the... Because they were all products of Sainsbury's, right? So... Yeah. So, I mean, everything that Sainsbury's stocked at the time was pretty much there for non-alcoholic stuff. So there was everything from, like, Colenio, Celtic Soul, uh, Utopia. Um, and there was... They'd sort of made all different cocktails, especially. But there's... If you even wanted to go in there, they had, like, you know, Dash Water and, and Soda Folk and things like that. Um, so you didn't just have to get, like, a drink that emulates alcohol. You could get something sort of that was either just like sparkling water or soda so yeah there was so much choice it was amazing and what have you got a recipe that that you made any favorites yeah actually we made um so it was called a tropicaleno um it. it was so good it was so delicious so this is one that we made in the um master classes um so it was 50 milliliters of caleno which is the sort of non-alcoholic tropical spirit and it tastes amazing it's one of my favorite and then it was 10 milliliters lime juice uh topped with pineapple juice and just served over loads of ice and then uh, just an inca berry popped in the top for a little garnish it just <laughs> love- i love um, the inca berry yeah, and we were we were making them and I'm I was like oh this is actually very easy I should make more things like this at home because I've, I've got bottles of Kalenia at home I should <laughs> get more exotic with it and yeah just to learn those sort of skills it's like I keep saying oh I'm gonna have all my friends over and have like a non-alcoholic like party and then teach them all these different like cocktails so to be able to learn those I think is really helpful yeah and you were you were telling me uh, before about you learned a little bit um about mixology so what what it means because how do you make your your drink beautiful and taste great 
Ah, so, oh, well, the one thing I learned is your garnish should always reflect your drink. So if you had like a tropical drink, you wouldn't put like a strawberry on top. You might put like a lotus flower or an inca berry or something that actually fits the drink. So the garnish should tell the story of the drink is, mm. is I learned. Yeah. So it hits the eyes first. Yeah, exactly. And then it, yeah, I like that. This is the thing, the whole thing um, is that you actually drink with all your senses. senses yeah. So it should be about the smell, what you see, the taste. And in in essence, it can even be about the hearing because it can be about, you know, the shaking of the cocktail. So it's so nice to have that experience and have this really fancy adult drink and that actually not have any alcohol in. It was, yeah, revolutionary to me. Yeah, 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 that's what is. we were talking. That was what we were talking about the merchant um, heart tonics because they're such beautiful bottles, yes. aren't they? And and all mm. the sort of uh, non-alcoholic spirits. The, the the packaging is gorgeous, and that's what you want. It's like you want to feel special still. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how the market's changed, especially since I mean, Kate and I have been on this journey for about seven years, and I mean, like literally. There was nothing else other than like warm orange juice and coke, Um, and so I mean it's it's changed so 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 much everywhere I go. Not so much in France; they're very far behind. Um, But um, certainly in the UK, every time I come back, you know, and it's and it's nice to to be that detective and kind of every restaurant you go in, it's like right, what have you got, and change it like. um, And quite often, well, I'd say pretty much always now you they have something decent yeah. to drink. Yeah, it's definitely getting there. Even in the, the two years that I've been sober, I think it's changed like dramatically. Like, and even in the past six months, like so many brands have, have launched recently, which is so exciting. Mm. And so what about over kind of Christmas? I mean, did you have any drinks tradition that you've had to change or like, you know, how do, are you, do you love Christmas or... Oh, I'm obsessed by Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're on my team. Team <laughs> yeah. Christmas. Yeah, I, I think it's about the lights. I love fairy lights. Mm. Anything twinkly, I'm like a magpie Me too. And um, we we always started our day with a um, Bucks Fizz. Uh, yeah. So last year I had non-alcoholic Bucks Fizz, which was really exciting. Um, and then I'll always have, so I was like a spirit drinker, so I was like gin or vodka. Um, so I'll kind of have like a Cedars or like an like an Utopia um, with like one of the fancy sort of like merchant's heart tonics. So they've got like a pink pepper one that I love because I've I've now progressed from normal tonic to exciting tonics. Like it's not I just... Know. Like, it's like it's so extra. Yeah, I'm like, oh, do you want like this tonic or this tonic? And they're like, oh, slimline or normal. And I'm like, no, I've got like five different flavors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'll normally have that. And do you know what the funny thing is? I'll get my get my bottles out, and people like my family are like, oh, what what is that? What what are you having? Can I try it? Because the bottles are actually nicer than the alcohol bottles, so they yeah. get excited about it, and then they end up drinking non-alcoholic stuff too. Yeah, and you were telling me as well that you you like to do some other things that don't revolve around kind of um, bars or whatever. What things to sort of get yourself in the Christmas spirit without the spirit, as it were? Yeah. I mean, I'm obsessed with Christmas markets as well. I just love them. So luckily we've got a few good ones in London. Uh, The last one I went to, actually, Winterfield, which I'm going to go to, they had um, Masioki, which is like mass karaoke. (laughs) 
if, if you find the idea of sober karaoke terrifying, like this is like a dream because it's just a whole group of people and they put the words up on the screen. It's like it's like songs of praise, but they <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's just like, there's a band and like it's so much fun. So, yeah, I try and do things like that around Christmas and like I'll go and see like plays. I want to go and see like White Christmas and Nativity and um, I just do loads of different things actually and just really enjoy being not hung over over Christmas I've had so many Christmases where I've not even been able to eat my turkey because I've been like vomiting every five minutes so yeah. that to me yeah just making the most of the time and like and catching up with friends because you get a bit of time off work around Christmas so like just making the most of it really it's yeah yeah I love that and I love what you said about um well you see, this is sort of like sparking off all the kind of neuroscience things that we're obsessed with, isn't it, Mand, about that kind yeah. of group activity. And we were talking a bit about that last week. When you do side-by-side activity and you join in with people, you get um, you get that feeling of connection, which really gives you a boost. It doesn't have to be face-to-face conversations that are sometimes quite draining, you know. But you get that sort of almost pack is a sort of negative word, but that sort of community feel of just being with other people. And um, I think that's really important this time of year, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. What's it called? Masioki. Masioki. Bring it on. I've got to find a Masioki. Yeah, I want to do some Masioki. Ice skating and Masioki, please. That's like my dream day, ice skating and Masioki. Okay. You and me, right? You and me. So if you've got any, um, before we kind of close up and ask about your tip of the day and your reasons to love sober, have you got any events coming up that you can do actually we've got a festive sweat fest um on the 8th um, which is a pineapple dance school which is just my favorite i just love it we've got a choreographer called aj who's just the most fabulous person um but we'll be doing sweat fest again on the 8th of march and then i think we're going to have some very exciting dry january events so um more to come about those but yeah i mm. think you know throughout 2020 i just want to i think london's kind of not necessarily covered now but there's a lot out there and i think there's amazing communities that you can join but it's actually you know more up north that there's not really anywhere like down in bristol so yeah i'm going to try and take sgs on a bit of a road trip for 2020 i think which should be exciting yeah yeah, super exciting. And then hit stateside because you've got yeah. quite a big following, right? In yeah, I do. It's mainly US, actually. I think it's like 70% US now, which, oh, I mean, it's amazing. so exciting. So, yeah, I've got some family in America, so that, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, good. Okay, so shall I talk about now the, the um, our little offering with Sainsbury's before we close up and talk about our yeah, tips of the day? Yeah, we do. Because, um, and it's as we mentioned last week, we've got an offer for listeners and they are, it's the ginger meal mocktail, which is really delicious. Um, And if you go, it will be in the show notes. If you follow the link, you need to um, just go through, you'll have to have um, an account, don't you, with Sainsbury's? Yeah, you have to have an account with Sainsbury's. Do that. And there's 200 to be claimed but one per listener and you need to um spend 25 pounds on an online shop and you can claim your free ginger meal mocktail which is my favorite it's absolutely delicious yeah and and you need to claim that before the 31st 31st of december december so perfect time over christmas 
Yeah. All right then. So what's your tip of the day? Oh, I I always say like radical honesty has been so important to my sobriety like and talking to people around you like I really worried about what people would think especially like my friends and family when I kind of said oh I'm I'm going sober but actually being really really honest about them like about how alcohol was affecting me just I got so much like an outpouring of love and support and yeah it was just incredible I think the more people that I I'm just really honest with my journey the more people are like oh that's how I feel about alcohol sometimes too and and I always used to say I think I used to think alcohol was like a big connector for me but really talking about why I've given it up has actually made me more connections and deeper connections as well so yeah always be radically honest I mean not everyone's gonna like it but you know speak your truth I think it is one thing Mm. yeah I think it separates the wheat from the chaff somehow yeah a hundred percent yeah Yeah. means the people that you truly connect with can actually hear you and you know connect with you yeah yeah Yeah. and what's your reason to love sober Oh, I think that sobriety has given me the life that I have always wanted. And, you know, when I was hungover, I I was just always so upset about all these things that I wanted to do with my life and how I wanted to feel about myself. And sobriety has given me all of those things. All the things I thought alcohol gave me, it was actually sobriety that has given me them. I love that. Yeah, so true. And we, you know, we wanted to acknowledge, didn't we, Mandy, that sometimes I think when you're doing something that looks fun and sparkly and light, people can kind of um, underestimate it or something or kind of not quite Mm. see it. And we think that you are doing like really important, important work, you know, massively. It's like that sort of the Dolly Parton effect, isn't it? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? She bossed it, but you didn't realise how much she was bossing it because she just had really grey hair. Yeah. And was obviously really talented, but you know, and you've got really great hair. So, you know, there you go. I love that. You're the Dolly Parton of sobriety, Millie. Oh, there you I would take that any day. <laughs> okay, yeah. thank you so much. So, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, please do reach out. Um, as Millie said, there's so much support, online communities, lots of events now that you can find so you can meet up in real life if you're sober curious, sober happy, sober struggling. There's just like you know there is so much support get in touch with us info at lovesober.com um you know you can visit your gp alcohol change has lots of agencies of local support if you're in the uk just reach out don't be on your own um just get in touch and stay safe and we'll see you next week for more chat bye bye